Sophia Cleary is a performance artist and doula based in LA. She spoke with us about why she decided to become a doula and how she navigates the thorny politics of the medical industry in, in a hospital setting. Yes. My name is Sophia Cleary. I am a birth doula, a full spectrum doula. Um, so I guess that includes birth. <laughs> and I'm also an artist and I'm based in Los Angeles. Cool. Um, I guess... Actually, now would be a great time for you. I mean, we'd love to hear about your training experience, but also mm-hmm. if you could define kind of what f- full spectrum is and what kind of services you offer, that would be Yeah. Good. Okay, so first, I think, like, it's important to define what a doula is, which is, like, a non-medical care provider, right? So I don't, I don't perform... I don't perform like cervical checks. I don't perform fetal heart monitoring. I don't do anything like that. I don't give medical advice. Um, and a full spectrum doula is a person who supports people basically regardless of the outcome of the pregnancy. So I support people with termination. I support people with miscarriage and I support people with birth and anything in between. That can, that can include surrogacy. I haven't supported people through that, but... It can include that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about your training? Like you, you talked mm-hmm. a lot about, I guess not necessarily having like the biggest affinity for like the process or yeah. kids when you yeah. got into it. Like, mm-hmm. so how did you navigate that with the actual training? Like, what was that like? Yeah. Well, I think what I ended up realizing talking to Vanessa and as I did more research is that it's really about supporting, you know, birthing people. And it's not about like babies, you know, like you don't have to love babies or love kids to be a doula. It's like about supporting people who are going through this extremely transformative experience, extremely vulnerable experience. And, um, and, and an experience that there's not a lot of education about either. Um, and so my training was like a three day training that I, I became, it's through Dona International, which is like a international doula, kind of like training program and it's a three-day intensive and it's basically kind of like a childbirth ed class which is what expecting parents often take so it's like this is what happens to your cervix this is what a contraction might look like this is what how long it might take etc all of the kind of nitty-gritty but then also part of the training is like here's what it looks like to hold space for people here's things you absolutely do not say (laughs) here's things you could say in xyz scenario here's how to navigate hospital politics from, you know, the doula who's training us, their experience. Like we got a lot of awesome anecdotal information from the trainer. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to obviously like train people in three days about like what it means to hold space. But I did notice that in that training, most people who are there are already kind of like doulas in one way or another, even though they're not birth doulas. So people who, it's like kind of a self-selective thing. It's like people who are you know, sensitive and like tend to be the person people come to for advice or whatever, you know, like that's kind of like the doula personality. But, you know, some of my, some of my most memorable experiences, I mean, my first home birth was epic and insane. It it was so fast. It was really fast. It was, it was the person's second baby. So that tends to be faster. And it was one of those experiences that I've had where 
I was like, oh, am I even needed here? <laughs> like, cause sometimes you're not needed, which is great because that means your client is coping really well. And so you're like, hell yeah. You know, they're like in the portal and they're doing their thing and they're like giving birth. Um, it was just really profound to watch somebody kind of go so deeply inward. And I really saw her like trusting herself and, I also loved her because she refused any cervical exams from her midwife, like cervical checks. Usually like the midwife will check and be like, oh, are you like eight centimeters or 10 centimeters or like just trying to kind of like figure out what's going on like timeline wise, even though all of it is completely arbitrary anyway. Mm. Also, when you're doing a cervical exam, you're checking with your two fingers and I've seen people be wrong before. So it's like, it is kind of just a shot in the dark sometimes, but um. But she was amazing. Like the midwife was like, well, if you want me to check. And she was like, no, get away from me. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, I love her. She's just like, everybody stay away from me. I'm just like on all fours, like in this little room, like having my baby. Yeah. Really cool. Well, Mm -hmm. what are a lot of, I have like, I guess a false correlation between doulas and home births, but probably Mm -hmm. a lot of the Mm -hmm. stuff that you do is not at home. No, most of yeah. the stuff I do is in hospital, oh, which honestly makes more sense to me because I find hospitals to be way more like fucked up and traumatic. So it makes more sense that doulas would be needed are yeah. there or like I feel more needed and I feel more useful there. Hmm. Um, but of course, I would love to be at a home birth like all day long. <laughs> yeah. What was what was one of the most like more challenging or like surprising. Yeah, or surprising. Oh my God. I mean, it's one thing that I totally was like blindsided by when I really started to create my business and wanting to run a business was like the interview process and how much I would be interviewing with people and not getting jobs. <laughs> because, wow. you know, it's like your people contact you and it's not always the right fit, you know? And I think, you know, I'm like a weirdo performance artist. Like I'm not exactly like someone in like a kaftan and like crystals and like, you know, I don't have like long hair down to my butt and which I think is like kind of this stereotype that people want in their doula. And, um, I tend to work with people who are like, you know, artists or like are kind of like, yeah, what is this thing that I'm doing? You know, like people who like have more of like a sense of humor about the process. Um, but yeah, something that surprised me is just the interviews and I found myself really at first wanting to give answers that I thought people wanted and then I realized I truly just needed to be myself and that might mean I don't get hired as much, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, but the people who did hire me when I was like really just like this is who I am, this is where I'm at those experiences were so much more fun and so much more intimate and like really special. Yeah. So at what point, like at what point in someone's pregnancy would they interview you or like, do you form like a long relationship with them in advance of them giving birth? It totally depends. Some people like they're at like 10 weeks and they're ready to hire a doula, you know, but I've been hired by people at 36 weeks, you know, and typically, you know, your estimated due date is, 40 weeks. So good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's this game? I know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. When I started to, I was yeah. like 30, what? I have no idea. Yeah. So 40 weeks is usually like the guest date and, um, people give birth anywhere, usually between 37 weeks and 42 weeks. When I think about how people tell their own birth stories, I'm always so fascinated by that. And like, even how my own birth story was, it was like, 
you know, and then you had to have the C-section because mom couldn't do it or whatever, you know. And I'm just like, all of that stuff is like probably bullshit. Or you hear people who are like, and the cord was wrapped around my neck three times and thank God the doctor was there because I would have died when actually it's called a nuchal cord when a cord is wrapped around your neck. It's like so common that that happens and it's actually completely not dangerous at all. And all you have to do is unwrap the cord around the baby's head. There's no, the only dangerous thing about it would be if there was like a ton of compression on the cord because the baby's still getting oxygen from the placenta in that moment. So as long as the cord isn't severed, then the baby's fine. But there's this whole idea that like the baby can't breathe or something because it's being strangled by its cord. But it's it's like, no, it's still hooked up to its cord so it can breathe fine. But I just, those types of narratives really annoy me. And I feel like there's always kind of this, thank God we had the savior of the doctor there. Thank God. Because like your mother could have never done it without the doctor. Yeah. I I feel like that's something that I have like internalized too, is that it's like you're in this moment of total helplessness where like a doctor is going to save your life. Yeah. And And anything can go wrong at any time. And it's just treated like an illness, danger, like final destination experience or something. It's so not said the exorcist. Yeah. (laughs) It's like really, it's just treated like, and then, you know, you know, the West, medical industrial complex is very like managed care it's called you know like we did in the in the birth world we discuss it as managed care so it's like and now you get your heplock and now you're gonna get your pitocin and we're gonna get those contractions ramping up and now we're gonna give you your epidural to deal with the pain and it's like step by step by step and there's no honoring of like the natural process because the idea is that the natural process I guess isn't sufficient or it's all about the timetable too, you know? So in hospitals, there's a very strict timetable, which no one's talking about, but that's what's going on. And um, it's just super depressing. And it's depressing too that, you know, capitalism has like, I mean, it's completely made its way into this. This is what managed care is. This is what giving births in hospitals is. The idea that our bodies don't have wisdom about how we should give birth which I think is also bullshit. Um, but I understand that people might feel very disconnected from that idea. I might be like, what? Of course I don't know what's going on with my body and what's going on with pregnancy, and I do need a doctor. And that's the ultimate like tragedy to me, is that people like aren't even willing to try to go there, you know, and take that risk of connecting to this experience that connects them to... Uh, all of their ancestors of all of humankind. So, <laughs> yeah, no big deal.